Welcome, Sword and Spirit Fire listeners. The book of Acts, written to the lovers of God. I'm going to read chapter 1 today. Let's glean from chapter 1. To Theophilus, the lover of God, I write to you again, my dear friend, to give you further details about the life of our Lord Jesus and all things that he did and taught. Just before he ascended into heaven, he left instructions for the apostles he had chosen by the Holy Spirit. After the sufferings of his cross, Jesus appeared alive many times to these same apostles over a 40-day period. Jesus proved to them with many convincing signs that he had been resurrected. During these encounters, he taught them the truths of God's kingdom realm and shared meals with them. Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Every time they were gathered together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is it the time now for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He answered, The Father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times of their fulfillment. You are not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority. But I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power and you will be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea, the distant provinces, and even to the remotest places on earth. Right after he spoke those words, the disciples saw Jesus lifted into the sky and disappear into a cloud. As they stared into the sky, watching Jesus ascend, two men in white robes suddenly appeared beside them. They told the startled disciples, Galileans, why are you staring up into the sky? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but he will come back the same way that you saw him ascend. The disciples left the Mount of Olives and returned to Jerusalem, less than a mile away. Arriving there, they went into a large second floor room to pray. We call this the upper room. Those present were Peter, John, Jacob, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, Jacob, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, Judas, the son of Jacob, and a number of women, including Mary, Jesus' mother. His brothers were all there as well. All of them were united in prayer, gripped with one passion, interceding night and day. During this time, Peter stood among the 120 believers who were gathered and said, Fellow believers, The scripture David prophesied by the Holy Spirit concerning Judas has to be fulfilled. Judas betrayed our Lord Jesus and led the mob to the garden to arrest him. He was one of us and he was chosen to be an apostle just as we were. He earned the wages of his sin for he fell head first and his belly split open, spilling his intestines on the ground. Everyone in Jerusalem knows what happened to him. That's why the field where he died is called in Aramaic, Hakwal Dama, that is the bloody field, for it is written in the Psalms, let his house be deserted and become a wasteland, no one will live there, and also let another take his ministry. So then we must choose his replacement from among those who have been with us from the very beginning, from John's baptism until Jesus' ascension, and like us he must be a witness of his resurrection. They proposed two candidates, Joseph, who is called Barsabbas, the just, and Matthias, they all prayed, Lord Yahweh, you know the heart of every man. Please give us clear revelation to know which of these two men you have chosen to be an apostle and take Judas's place because he renounced his apostleship to go where he belonged. So they cast lots and determined that Matthias was the Lord's choice. 
So he was added to the 11 apostles. The apostles became 12. The apostles had to be those, the original apostles had to be those who witnessed the resurrection of Jesus. They were all gripped together, the 120 gripped together by like passion as they united, interceding night and day in prayer. What does it mean to be gripped in like passion? The word gripped means to keep a firm hold of, to clutch, to seize, to grasp, to grasp tightly, to clench, to deeply affect. We know that there was originally like 500 that were sent to the upper room that Jesus told to go and wait on the promise, but only 120 remained gripped by like passion. It only takes a certain number of hungry believers to be gripped by the passion, the hunger to outcry, the hunger to cry for the outpouring, the hunger to release an outcry. There is a radical remnant arising that are hungry and they are thirsty and they literally, there's a cry within them, give me awakening or I die, give me revival or I die. They can't let up. It's been two, three years and they've cried out, some even much longer, but they've been gripped by a like passion, a passion for the Lord Jesus Christ, a passion to see his power demonstrated in the earth, a passion to see a billion soul harvest come forth. Who do you have around you that is gripped by the same like passion, that is hungry as you are, that is burning and blazing like you are, that is a laid down lover of God like you are? Gather with those that are gripped by passion and cry out for the power of the Holy Spirit. Cry out and prophesy over your environment. Prophesy to your region. Prophesy over your cities. Prophesy through neighborhoods. Prophesy through the territories. And prophesy and shift those atmospheres. It only took 120 then. What do you have in your hand? Use what is in your hand. Use what you have access to and add your faith to another's. Add your cry and your passion and your hunger to another's and cry out for a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God. Welcome, Sword and Spirit Fire listeners. I hope that you are having a God-filled, blessed day. Today we are going to look at Acts chapter 2, the Pentecost chapter. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. On the day the Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Wow. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages that they have never learned. Now at that time, there were Jewish worshipers who had immigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from, stunned over what was happening, because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, 
Aren't these all the Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? We are Northeastern Iranians, Northwestern Iranians, Elamites, and those from Mesopotamia, Judea, East Central Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia, North Central Turkey, Southern Turkey, Egypt, Libyans who are neighbors of Cyrene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. They all stood there dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, what is this phenomenon? But others poked fun at them and said, they're just drunk on new wine. Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what is happening here. These people are not drunk like you might think they are, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. And your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. Blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear, for the sun will be turned dark and the moon blood red before the great and awesome appearance of the day of the Lord. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter continued, people of Israel, listen to the facts. Jesus the victorious was a man on a divine mission whose authority was clearly proven. For you know how God performed many powerful miracles, signs, and wonders through him. This man's destiny was prearranged. For God knew that Jesus would be handed over to you to be crucified and that you would execute him on a cross by the hands of lawless men. Yet it, it was all part of this predetermined plan. God's predetermined plan. God destroyed the cords of death and raised him up because it was impossible for death's power to hold him prisoner. This is the very thing David prophesied about. I continually see the Lord in front of me. He's at my right hand and I am never shaken. No wonder my heart is glad and my glory celebrates. My mouth is filled with his praises and I have hope that my body will live because you will not leave my soul among the dead, nor will you allow your sacred one to experience decay. For you have revealed to me the pathways to life and seeing your face fills me with euphoria. My fellow Jews, I can tell you there is no doubt that our noted patriarch has both died and been buried in his tomb, which remains to this day. So you can see that he was not referring to himself with those words. But as a prophet, he knew God's faithful promise made with God's unbreakable oath that one of his descendants would take his throne. So when peering into the future, David prophesied of the Messiah's resurrection. And God revealed to him that the Messiah would not be abandoned to the realm of death, nor would his body experience decay. Can't you see it? God has resurrected Jesus and we all have seen him. Then God exalted him to his right hand upon the throne of the highest honor. And the father gave him the authority to send the promised Holy Spirit, which is being poured out upon us today. This is what you're seeing and hearing. David wasn't the one who ascended into heaven, but the one who prophesied it. He prophesied, the Lord Jehovah said to my Lord, I honor you by enthroning you beside me until I make your enemies a footstool beneath your feet. 
Now everyone in Israel can know for certain that Jesus, whom you crucified, is the one God has made both Lord and the Messiah. When they heard this, they were crushed and they realized what they had done to Jesus. Deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? Peter replied, repent and return to God, and each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit, for God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you, and it's for your families, for those yet to be born, and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Peter preached to them and warned them with these words, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. Those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000. They were all baptized and added to the church. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily, they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. The outpouring that we read about in Acts chapter 2 was not a one-time event, but continuously the Lord pours out his spirit and fills those that he calls unto himself with the spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit, a.k.a. the Holy Ghost. And many signs and wonders do follow, even the apostles of today. The work of the Holy Spirit, the work of God is progressive and it continues to unfold as we unwrap his words and come to him in faith believing. So if you are feeling dry, thirsty, hungry today, I encourage you to go to the Lord and be filled with his spirit again today. God blessings. Welcome back, Sword and Spirit Fire listeners. I want to go back to Acts chapter 1 and point out verse 7 again. It says, He answered, The Father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times of their fulfillment. The Father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times of their fulfillment. You are not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority, but I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power and you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on the earth. Set times, appointed times. I want to encourage you today that God has set times And we right now, even in this season, are in a due season. Galatians chapter 6 talks about us not growing weary. For if we do not grow weary, we will come into our harvest, our due season. And it's important that that we don't faint, that we don't lose heart in believing that God is a God of times and seasons. Galatians chapter 6. 
And verse 9 says, And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping a wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. Due seasons, set times and due seasons. You know, there's all kinds of different types of words and phrases in the word of God that God uses for time. We know in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, it says, There is a time to every purpose under heaven. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that he has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to end. God calls the end from the beginning. He already knows the end of a matter. But we do not always know the end of a thing. That's why it's important that we make our litigations and prayer, that we make our decrees, our declarations, our petitions known, and that we don't lose heart, that we don't faint, so that in due time, the time that it is due for us to reap, it's a, it's already due, you beloved. It's due for you to have a harvest, but you must be able to engage with your faith and act in faith. Galatians 4.4 4 in the New King James says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under law to redeem those who were under law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. It was the due time. It was the fullness of time for Jesus, the Messiah to be manifest in the earth. It's important that we understand that God's time is not as our, we we don't understand God's timing as our timing. We can't look at a clock or a calendar and understand God's time. Habakkuk 2.3 says that the vision is for an appointed time. So we have to understand that all throughout the word of God, there are promises and prophecies and manifestations and harvest that come in due time, that come in the fullness of time. There's different words like chronos and kairos. Chronos is a chronological time where kairos is a set time of favor, an appointed time for favor. And so when we understand these kind of things, then we are able to position ourselves in faith and understand that when God shows us something, when a prophecy comes into our life, whether individual or corporately, when God speaks a promise to us, when we're given a rhema word, that there's an appointed time, an opportune time, a window of opportunity that, that will come to us for that time. Many of the prophets and the prophetic voices are even declaring right now, don't miss your opportunities. Don't miss your moment because we are in a due season. We are in a time when you are due, you are due to see a manifestation for certain promises, certain prophecies to be fulfilled. So do not faint in this season, but stir up your faith, stir up your hope, stir up those fresh decrees and those declarations in your mouth, beloved, and expect opportunities. Look for them. Don't miss your moments. Millions. I heard my pastor even say this this past Sunday morning. Millions miss their season. Because they are not positioned in faith and looking. We are commanded to watch and pray. When we stay close to the spirit, we stay close to God. We are able to grab our opportunities to seize our harvest, to be able to reap the harvest that God has appointed for us. But if our eyes are turned away, if our hearts faint, millions miss their opportunity. They miss their due season. They miss the windows of opportunity. Don't let that be you in this season. I'm praying that I don't miss my opportunities. I'm praying that you don't miss your opportunities. Acts chapter 
too where the the move of Pentecost broke out they thought that they were living in the last day they thought that that was the end of a matter but we know today that that was actually the beginning and the the acts of the apostles the things that we see poured out on Pentecost that was the beginning and it has continued to move and progress the Holy Spirit moves progressively even corporately in the kingdom of God and things continue to expand and be established and to advance Jesus preached kingdom even after he resurrected he went back and for 40 days he could not get enough of preaching the kingdom of God the realms of the kingdom the truths of the kingdom to his people he was absolutely obsessed with teaching and preaching the kingdom and he planted that into the apostles and we are supposed to have that planted in us by the spirit of the living God as well so the Acts chapter 2 the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was not the end of a thing but rather it was a beginning of a thing so position and get your faith up there posture yourself in his presence be filled again today even with this with his holy spirit and know that in due season you will reap if you faint not be encouraged i'm praying for you i'm rooting for you god is on our side god blessings